Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Yeah. So join me in welcoming Lonnie Ray. Hey, Lonnie, how you doing? I'm good. Getting better all the time, I hope. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, it depends. <laughs> How you minute, doing? Yeah. Ask me five minutes from now and we'll, we'll right. totally change that answer. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit first um, about you and how you show up in the world. Um, I am passionate about helping people to find their message and express it on paper, on stage, and on the air as podcast guests. Um, I really enjoy working with teens as a writing tutor. Um, I work in genres of both not fiction and nonfiction. I'm currently writing a parable as well as helping somebody publish something to encourage people to vote. So um, run the gamut in helping people that want to write their, you know, their mission, their calling, and then get it out there to get their story told and sold. I love that. And Lonnie's my content editor. When I do my books, she uh, tears them apart and tells me I'm completely insane. And then I'm like, well, yeah, that was the point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, feel free if you're joining us live uh, to make comments. If you're listening to this later when I rebroadcast on the radio, sorry, there isn't a comment uh, capability in terrestrial radio. Um, you know, eventually they'll create that, but not yet. <laughs> Right. So how to deal with a dumbass? First of all, let's just talk about where did you come up with the idea? Um, because I've been an epic dumbass and um, I wanted to um, keep my promise to God, who I begged a lot. Please get me out of this. I've been a dumbass again. Please save my dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise when I when I can, you know, like find my mojo again, my footing, I will turn around and share with people what I've learned. And that's what this book is all about. We've got a clown world on stage all over the world. And the saddest thing to me, Steve, is people are giving away their power and authority to people who don't deserve it. And so the goal of the book is to help people to recognize where they might be inviting a dumbass in the door to sit down and stay, they, that, that could be avoided so that they can have peace and less symbol clanging monkeys in the background that really are annoying. <laughs> so I love the phrase symbol clanging monkeys. <laughs> yeah, you can picture that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the best books are the ones that when you write them, um, you know, really, it's just for you, but then hopefully it'll help somebody else too. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I really have have gained a lot of wisdom from the school of hard knocks. And this, How to Deal with a Dumbass, is a book that I could have used a long, long time ago. As a formal, former people pleaser, um, we have less boundaries. And we don't recognize when people aren't good people because we're just looking to be accepted ourselves. So we accept just pretty much anybody that walks in the door. It's like, yeah, I, see, I can find some good in you. Let me just look a little further. And um, what ends up happening is they, um, they may have some good in them. But in the meantime, you've got a lot of turd flinging monkeys that are just like, blah, blah. and you need to be able to cut that out because the disturbance of your own sense of confidence in your ability to make a good decision next can be really rocked and that can disable your dreams. And I hate to see that. Oh, for sure. You know, I was just thinking when you were saying that of all the people um, that have used the phrase, and I'm sorry, but it's mostly girls, uh, unfortunately, in this particular one. It's not that guys don't have all of their dumbassnesses. We'll get into those too. But this one tends to be a girl trait where they say the phrase, but he has such potential. I did it too. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, potential's great. Um, but this is the way I like to look at it, Steve. I like to flip it around. And that is, how would you like to have someone standing over your shoulder going, but you have so much potential. Why don't you realize your potential? You need to change. Like, who wants to have that, right? Like, nobody I know. You know, we all want to be loved and accepted at the level we're at right now. And that may never, ever change. So, girls, don't don't try to look, like fall in love with potential, okay, because it doesn't work out. It really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the, the worst part of a person who's in love, and I'll even pick on a lot of guys that I've known. I'll never forget. I was probably maybe 19. I might have been just turned 20 right in that time frame. Had a friend of mine. He was so in love with this girl. I mean, just, you know, especially that age range of just, I'm in love, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, um, you know, and we we were we were sitting in my house one night and it was just like the more he talked about this girl the worse she became you know and it was just like you know and she does this but you know she really means well by it you know those kind of phrases and you know it was a couple hours that he was there hanging out at our house and he was going to be getting married in a day or two and we we even tried because we were naive back then, right? You know, when you're 19, you can save the world. <laughs> and we tried so hard to convince him not to marry this girl. And, and of course, he married her because she was madly, he was madly in love. And, you know, I think it lasted like three months, you know. And, and I can think of lots of situations like that where it's like, you know, if she's bad now during the pre-honeymoon right. phase, how That's bad is time. it going to get? You know, I mean, we can all point at ourselves for <laughs> the ones that we've been into that are like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, potential is always there, but what you want to look at is somebody realizing their potential and then actualizing their potential. Mm-hmm. That's who you want to line up with. And what I found and the reason that I wrote this book, Steve, is because we can get sort of enamored and even entangled into the web of people that are full of potential. We feel for them, lots of empathy, lots of compassion. We just want to help. But in the end, it, 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 it's a drain. It's, a, it's an energy drain. And they're not, there's two kinds of people. They'll either help you or hinder you. And they end up being a bit of a weight. So more of a hindrance than a help. So it's important if we're, if we're going to make the most of ourselves in our lives, we've got to be surrounded by people that actually get that. Not someday might, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To be able to lift up, you got to be strong. Hey, you know, we got to be around strong people, which is not to knock people that are trying to come up. Okay. I was one of them. Oh, we've all been there and done that. Um, Have the scars to prove it. And um and then when we try to pass it on to the younger generation, they look at us and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I would really hope that this book will help, especially the teens and the young adults, to because they may not have the guidance around them right now. They may have a lot of peer pressure. They may have media pressure to do things that they really aren't feeling inside that are right for them. And I want to give them permission to keep following what's right for them, not for everybody else. Because it's your life. It's your path. Follow that. You know, nobody else can know what's better for you than you. I found such a great category for your book. In fact, I want to put Romeo in that category too, but I don't want to compete with you. So I don't know what to do. Um, (laughs) it's, It's teen and young adult compulsive behavior. And especially when you talk about how to deal with a dumbass, that's a lot of it is, is it's just repetitive that, you know, compulsive nature of wanting to rescue somebody because you see the possibility and you just know if you can get through to them, you know? Well, here's the other thing is that it's familiar to those of us who were brought up by say narcissist parents or, you know, less than, than emotionally available. What we were taught is that this is what life looks like. This is what you're supposed to be able to deal with. And we think that's normal and it's not, Mm. it's really not. And so it becomes our normal chaos, drama, disappointment, bad choices, really bad judgment. But how do you, how else do you know if you don't have a good guiding system? And I hope that this book will be guideposts so that, you know, the, 
those who don't have the guidance that really could help them avoid these potholes and epic fails um, can can benefit like like that so that they can get onto their path, not someone else's idea of what they should be and do. It's a perfect lead in to the acronym that is kind of the core cornerstone of the book. Um, it's the acronym AWARE, A-W-A-R-E. Um, and I think you need to be aware of the aware. How's that for wordplay? <laughs> um, good. So let's, uh, let's talk them through the five elements of, uh, you know, a person who is, uh, who we need to be aware of the fact that really kind of they're unaware. <laughs> so um, the A in aware, what, is, what does that one stand for? One of them is asleep at the wheel. And, you know, it's easiest probably to take that literally. We've all seen some dumbass cut us off or, you know, what have you um, on, on the road. But asleep at the wheel has to do with people that aren't taking responsibility in the way that they should. It could be somebody who is kind of like my neighbor, um, gets um, wasted and then forgets that she turned the burner on and then sets the stove on fire. And then a dozen residents and their pets are scrambling because they don't know if their home is about to burn down. And that's mm -hmm. a true story. That like really happens. People can be really asleep at the wheel. And so the reason that I wanted to if you're not aware of something, you can't fix it. Okay. So you have to be aware that these people are around and then kind of like, I don't know, prepare for it, I guess is the best way. Just be ready. Like I am looking literally right now at this cool little fire hydrant that has this like um, put out a fire blanket in it that you just throw it over the, over the fire because this particular neighbor has set her stove or oven on fire three times in two mm. years. So I, when I saw this at the thrift store, I was like, oh, this is meant for me, <laughs> you know? Mm. So we are, we end up having to um, adjust our, our own lives. Or in the case of the highway, if you have somebody, you know, that's not really driving well, just distance yourself. You honking at them or tapping your brakes is probably not going to change a damn thing. Oop, sorry, I said it. <laughs> Not. That's all right. You're allowed to swear on this particular episode. <laughs> okay, good. We will allow it. Okay. Um, okay. You know, a sleep at the wheel, both just the literal version of it, which is so dangerous and scary. Um, yeah. And, and we've all done it, you know, where you're driving too long and, you know, you're dozing off and you're like, you know, you should just go pull off. And then you don't, you keep driving. Um, you know, there's those kind of people. But um, the scarier ones are the people who are awake but asleep at the wheel you know what i mean where they're just oblivious um I, i'm really proud of my mom uh who isn't listening right now but may may pop in at any in any given moment because she knows that as she's getting older that she's not as good at driving as she once was um and so uh, she hasn't gotten to the point where she hasn't where she's completely stopped driving, but she does it as little as she has to. It's more of a necessity thing. And I, I was really proud of her for having that awareness because most people don't, you know, they just drive around oblivious and, you know, practically clashing to people. In fact, I'll tell you a funny story. So I was in this car with a friend of mine. He actually passed away this last July, but this was, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago. I was in the car with him. He has this, he had then this really nice BMW really nice car. Um, and uh, we're going to the store uh, for something. It's like one of these, I don't know if it was a mall or a strip mall, but it, it had a parking lot like a mall. And he's just barreling through this parking lot, like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, and it's a little scary just driving through a parking lot quite that fast, but he's heading straight head on at one of those little, you know how they do the little islands where they have like, you know, six feet of grass and a lamppost, you know, and he's yeah. headlong at it. And I'm like, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and at the last minute, you know, he like swerved around it, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm still pressing, obviously we didn't die. But um, to me, when I think of a sleep at the wheel, I think of somebody even more like that, where they're just uh, unaware of the people in the car next to them, or even the people in that same car with the way they drive. 
So not only are they not aware, but sometimes they are, but they're stupid. So the definition of dumbass, just so we know that there's, this is about having good judgment, not being judgmental guys. That's, that's a really important distinction. We all have to have good judgment. Okay. Okay. So this particular neighbor had a, um, a, a trembling car on the highway, like bad, pulled over, did a visual, couldn't see why, and then came home got another phone call to go out for DoorDash or whatever. And her tire literally came rolling off literally into my neighbor's yard. Thank God it happened right at the house. Right. Mm. Um, took out some lawn gnomes and he caught the tire in his lap. He happened to be standing right there and caught this flinging tire. And yeah, I mean, what are the odds, right? Thank God that she wasn't doing 70 on the highway mm. when this tire fell off because her dumb ass did not have it properly checked. She just was like, I don't know. I don't see anything. So I guess we'll be okay. But it literally fell off right out here. Thank goodness nobody got hurt. I'll actually tell you the story of the other side of that situation. Um, I had my car, I had a tire changed at, you know, one of these little yeah. hole in the wall tire places, you know, so it wasn't like a brand name store. It was some, you know, guy that opened up a garage kind of thing. And I had the tire, well, you know, I mean, when you're broke, you know, if a guy will get you back then in that day, you know, it was like 20 bucks for a tire, you know, and yeah, you know, you, you all know you're getting a $20 tire, but when you only have $20, what are you going to do? Right. Um, well, he didn't, uh, he didn't tighten the lug nuts. And when I came up to the first stoplight and stopped, the tire passed me. Oh, shit. Right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, that was a very terrifying experience. Uh, but, and thankfully, uh, you were going slow speed, you know? Yeah. like. And, and, and so you're not the dumbass. He is. Right. But, but here's the thing. We get we get uh, basically struck by the 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 the, the cat swingers, <laughs> you know, whether we meant to or not, and that's that's you know getting blindsided and and it 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 stinks when that happens, but you know now that you know when you know what to look for, maybe it can be avoided in the future. It's so important that we um, that we be alert to the people that aren't alert, I guess is the best way of saying it. You know, um, we yes. can't change them, but we can at least, uh, you know, pull off the road or, you know, pull way over <laughs> and give them lots of room to just be whatever they're going to be. <laughs> I want to take this to another level actually. And, and I know we're being lighthearted here, but there's a more serious side to this. And that is that we've got a, a world full of, of clowns on stage and they appear to be asleep at the wheel. They appear to be making decisions for us that are not necessarily good for us. And so the reason I wrote this book, Steve, is so that if nothing else, even though we feel um, imperiled or victimized or whatever, subjected to what these people are doing, one of the things that we can do is pull the weeds in our own garden mm -hmm. and, and create a, a place and a space for better things to bloom. That's why this book is so important to me. Well, and that's such a good point, too, because with the symbol clanging monkeys that seem to be the only noises you hear in society right now, you know, if you're watching live, obviously, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, you might be like, what? No, you know, the world is peace and love and wonderful. But uh, if you're listening to it live right now, you know, you know exactly what I mean. Um, yeah. Often what we try to do is change them yeah. rather than just, again, being aware of what it is and then being the best version of ourselves. You know, like you said, pull the weeds in your own garden, be the best you you can be and be aware of the craziness of it. Um, and then just, you know, live your life. According to what you know to be true, not what other people are telling you is right for you. Yeah. It's so important because we're all on our own path 
and nobody can know better than you or be an authority better than you than you at being you absolutely you know in fact the biggest thing you can do with a dumbass is not to be a dumbass yourself <laughs> and uh you know give up who you are for somebody else ever yeah you know? yeah and as a as um a kid raised to you know by <clears throat> the kind of parents I was, what we what we have been taught, and there's a lot of us out there, is that um, in order to win affection of any kind, even if it's temporary, we have to mold, bend, become, what do you want now? Oh, this? Oh, okay. How about this? Is this okay? No, that's not okay. Okay. This is, oh, okay. And so we become very flexible, very malleable, um, very attuned and astute to what other people want from us. But after a while, we lose our sense of who we are. And... Um, Listening to a dumbass is probably a dumbass thing to do, <laughs> but you have to recognize them first. And that's why I use the acronym AWARE. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about W. What is W? W is, it stands for weak-willed. Um, I consider weak-willed, weak-minded, willful ignorance, willful blindness. I mean, there's a lot of ways that W could stand for. Um, recognizing a dumbass is someone who does not, in weak will, they do not have the courage, I guess, because they're a people pleaser. Please like me. Please like me. I'm going to say anything I can so that you'll still like me. Um, those people will compromise themselves just to be loved and accepted. Um, and it's lemmings. It's it's the weak need. It's 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 the people that have no backbone, no courage, and. Honestly, the reason that you really want to look out for this, guys, is because if you recognize it on a small level with someone, the chances are that when it really, really matters, they're going to be epic level, weak, lacking courage, lacking backbone, lacking spine. And you cannot count on that. Okay, because they're too busy trying to be liked or or somehow uh, whatever. I don't care. The, the The problem is that they are weak willed people and they are easily influenced. Now, if you're going to get your news from a weak willed person, how much of that can you really trust? If you're going to count on somebody to have your back, how much of that can you really trust? Because they're weak and I'm, I'm not putting people down. I'm saying observe how they are. And ask yourself, do you want more of this or less of this? You know, it's that simple. Because they may not be strong enough to be on your team. Mm, for sure. I was thinking just yesterday, actually, um, and it ties so well into weak-willed because a lot of us have either are currently or have had times where we've struggled with our own personal self-esteem. Um, we have been taught to value ourselves less than and or even worse is when we've accepted that we're less than, you know, and, um, and the biggest issue that weak willed people do is when we have little to no self esteem, um, you know, we're willing to take anything they give us because it's better than the nothing that we have. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is that, when it's your own self-esteem that's really the culprit um, in that situation, there's nothing anybody outside of you can do that's going to make you like you anymore. Yeah. And that's just hard work and it's no fun. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I could give you some kind of, you know, like Dr. Phil and here's the fun way to do that. But it's just <laughs> not, you know, it's no fun, but it's got to be done. It does. And, and probably the hardest thing, because those of us who have been hurt are, are trying not to hurt other people. And so we'll accept almost any kind of abuse, treatment, regard, disregard, what have you. And so the hardest thing to do is go, hmm, is this going to help or hinder me? Oh, wait, I'm being selfish. Oh, no. Oh, and the guilt trip sets in and, and the, um, Oh, let me just let me just forget what I think is important and, and help them because that's what a good person is supposed to do. There's all kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. But in the end, that person who needs to build their own esteem is not going to do it all based on you helping them. They have that's an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. Rebuilding your self-esteem is an inside job. 
It does not come from the outside world complimenting or degrading you. It doesn't. I remember being so, so bad off, Steve, that when somebody would pay me a compliment, um, first of all, I hardly recognized it, but then I'd be like, uh, uh, no, that's not true. Just hoping to God they would say it again because I was so desperate to have any kind of positive feedback. And that's a really good clue actually on a weak willed person is when you say something nice to them, can they accept it? Yeah. Um, or can they even accept it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to our next A then. What's the second A? So guys, you really want to look out for the people that don't give a damn. The apathetic types are dangerous. They're really dangerous. And for whatever reason, I don't care if they're stoned or stupid or, or just mean people. If they don't care, if they're apathetic about the damage that they do to people, you're in trouble. These are the people that, you know, let's take it lightly. They treat life like a bumper car ride and eh, they're going to bump into anybody they want because they do not care. But then there's there's a bigger level, that clown world on stage that we're dealing with, where they are very self-serving. You cannot count on those kind of people. Don't listen to them. Don't pay attention to that. They do not have your best interest at heart. Not everybody was born to give a dang about you. Okay. I know that sounds bad. But the truth is not everybody was born to be a good person. And so if you are a good person, you assume everybody else is and that everybody else cares and that they're concerned and they're trying to do their. They're not. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. They're not. And that was a really hard reality to accept. There are people out there who do not care and they can really hurt you. So it's important yeah. to recognize how they treat others. Like if you go to a, on a date, <clears throat> this is a really good indicator. My next book, I swear to God, is going to be Don't Date a Dumbass. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is. If you go on a date and this guy or girl, whatever, is rude to the bartender or presumptuous or egotistical, watch out because it's going to come back and get you too. It tells you everything about that person in that one simple little dinner or a bar drink, whatever, wherever you end up. But really, really watch what people do because they are um, going to show you who they are more than even what they tell you that they are. I'm assuming you looked up the definitions because I know you saw a lot of uh, synonyms for them. Is the and here I'm going to use a big word for you now, is the antonym, <laughs> in other words, the opposite of apathy, is that empathy? Um, I would say it is just off the cuff. I would say um, empathy is is definitely caring. It's it's putting your yourself in their place. Whereas apathy, I think, is even colder. I mean, apathy is like a psychopath. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the opposite of that is not necessarily an empathic person. It's, you know, so it's kind of like, is the opposite of love hate? No, it's probably fear. So it's kind of a hard, it's a great question you've asked. Um, I, I'd want to look up, you know, seven dictionary different, you know, <laughs> options because I'm a wordsmith and I want to make sure I have it right. But it's a great question. What do you think though, Steve? Well, part of why I was bringing it up is because empathy is is one of the new modern buzzwords. You know, everybody is talking about how empathic they are and how much empathy they have. And, you know, they're talking about it. And there are a few of us that, you know, we're and I wouldn't necessarily call it blessed, but we have empathy. Um, often it feels like a curse for all of us that have it. You know what I'm saying? And the rest of you are like, oh, no, that's just cool, you know, or whatever. No. But the reason why I was equating that as being the opposite is because, um, you know, empathy is that ability to really feel, whereas apathy is that ability to really not feel when you should. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I'm really glad you said this. So you're empathic. Like you've told me you can sit in a car and next to somebody at a red light and feel what they're going through. And it's confirmed somehow. Like you have had enough confirmation. That would be a drag. That would be really hard. Hmm. That, would, that would take a toll. 
that level of of being empathic is yeah blessing curse curse blessing i'm not sure which one it is that's difficult um but you could still be apathetic you could pick up what other people are going through and not give a damn but you don't because you're not that guy one of the things that i've discovered about people they they appear to not care but but it's quite the opposite they care they are wildly selfish Mm. the apathetic are wildly selfish people they do not care about you they still know what's going on and they're happy to be self-serving that's why they're so dangerous they're not just i just don't care anymore no they are wildly self-serving selfish people (laughs) who will become a problem so really, really take note of the people that appear to be insensitive. And they might be chummy with you right now. Um, but eventually people do what they do no matter who you are to them. So expect to get cut off. Expect to, you know, just expect whatever you've seen them do to other people. It's going to come back to you. There is a really great... Um thing that's been used in several different books that I've read where the apathetic person has, um, you know, basically starved an animal to make them a tiny terrorist, basically. And they do it so that they can then, you know, like you can go all the way back to Daniel and Lion's Den, you know, um, they did the same thing in uh, Game of Thrones, if any of you were watching that one, you know, where the guy, you know, fed people to his dogs, and that was the only time the dogs got to eat, and so they were, you know, ravenous wolves, basically. Um, and that's kind of a really good allegorical version of of the person with apathy is, is that because in all of those situations, what ends up happening is eventually the person who was using those dogs, you know, it's, it, it tends to be dogs or wolves or things like that was using those. Eventually they end up, you know, getting bitten or eaten themselves. And, you know, and that's the biggest problem of having that kind of person around you is, is that they're going to self-destruct. Um, and, and that's the heart. That's the worst part is, uh, you know, the, the self-destruction tends to get on you too, you know, and, and, and if they live through it, they're more likely to blame you than they are to be able to go, you know, what I was doing was really bad. I should, you know, I should look at that and maybe change. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. They will not own it. Um, it's almost as if they're not capable. I made a mistake recently. I, um, I went back to the store and I owned it and I, and, and both of the the cashiers were like, what? Nobody does that. And I said, yeah, I messed up. You know, I, I own it. And, and don't you know, a couple of weeks later, there was a situation at that same store with that. It wasn't a situation. It wasn't bad, but because I really just owned it, there was a favor granted and it wasn't why I owned it. But you won't find that very often with the apathetic. They are on a very small mission, and it's just their life, what they want. And they are extraordinarily selfish people. Don't let them be an authority in your life. Don't. don't. It's really important. For sure. Yeah. So let's move on to R. What does the R stand for? Repeat offenders. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> All right. Ugh. Ugh. oh my gosh. How many times have, have, I don't know, I've done it, but um, I've had friends who, oh no, I can't, I, you know, lots and lots of years of actually years of putting up with their stories of, of heartache and heartbreak and watching them go back to the same person over and over and over again. And after a while, it, it just wears you out. It rings you out. Um, they're just stuck on stupid, you know, and, and I don't want, I don't come to that, that easily. I don't walk around calling people stupid. 
I've had far too much compassion. I've been too nice. And so this is really challenging to come to these conclusions and go, okay, oh, okay. That's a mm-hmm. dumbass over there. I know because I was that. I get it. And now I know what to do, how to recognize it and not to not to do that. So guys, if you're surrounded by people that are not really willing to to make any changes, they keep pulling on a locked door, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dumbass. <clears throat> that's a repeat offender. Yeah. It's the age old concept of, you know, the true definition of insanity of insanity is to to continue doing the same thing and expect to get a different result. Yeah. You know, my dad used to always say, if you don't have time to do something right the first time, when are you going to have time to fix it? No, there's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. My, my uh, empathy goes out to myself and others who are in the position of, well, we all deserve a second chance or a tenth, don't we? We're all just trying to learn. We're all just trying to come up, you know? We all deserve, you know? So there's that feeling like, oh, I just should give this person another shot. But in the end, guys, if it's a pattern, it might be a pattern for life. And that's a lifetime pattern. Some people are just here to do that. That's just, that's what they're here to do. Unless you're hired <laughs> them and bring them up in the world why would you you don't have to it's not your job it's just not i i have a neighbor can oh do you want to say something steve no go ahead okay okay so i've seen her on on um you know repeatedly do some stupid things and what she did was adamantly literally swear out loud pounding her fist on the on the banister tell me that god made her a dumbass that's who she is that's who she'll always be so there are, I know, I couldn't believe my ears. And I said, we're done. We're, we're done. She wouldn't let it be done. She's still like mm-hmm. clawing at my door and stuff. Um, so there are people out there that you're just going to have to get tough with. And um, that leads us, you know, into some, you know, one of the things that you can do uh, in the AWARE acronym is EXIT. That's the E in, in AWARE is is sometimes you got to raise your voice to be heard and you got to go, okay? Somebody's got to go because if you don't, if you stick around, that person swinging a cat, that's going to scratch your eyes at some point and there's no reason you need to hang out. You don't have an obligation to, to do that. Um, yeah, and, you know, here comes my empathy. Um, you know, it's a... <laughs> It's a difficult situation. And, you know, especially when you start talking about somebody you're, you've been with for a long time, you're really in love with, um, you know, it's real easy to make excuses for them. Um, you know, even so much, I, I knew a person who um, every time the other, you know, it was actually one of their children. Um, every time that that child did something, they had and made the excuse for them before the child even was aware enough to be able to do it. And so therefore the child never really learned differently because the mother of that child was always covering them. And, and there's a certain level of grace as parents that, you know, that we have and we want to give to our children. But um, you know, if, if we blame it on the stove, and I'm, I'm using this as an allegory. This didn't actually happen. But if we blame it on the stove when the child's hand gets burnt, <laughs> rather than the fact that the child needs to learn not to touch the hot stove, the yeah. child will never learn not to touch the hot stove. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, it's a very difficult thing because obviously you're not going to uh, write off a child in your own life, you know, or hopefully not, you know, especially when they're little and they live at home. You know, it's like you go live in that corner. Uh, we're not dealing with you anymore. You're a dumbass. <laughs> you know, I mean, that would be a bad parenting thing, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, you do have to be aware of the fact that if they're repeating that pattern, something needs to change. Yeah. And if our instruction can't help them change, then we need to unfortunately allow them to hit the the wall of consequence and um and that's tough especially when you're talking about as a parent you know because you just want to save them you know and and uh, and sometimes you can't you know sometimes we fall down and scrape our knees and um you know and that's how we learn to pedal faster 
Some of us are stuck too in situations. Um, I was stuck with a business partner who was really so annoying that at one point my father said to me, uh, don't call us again until you've um, stopped being friends with him. And I was like, wait, what? He's my business partner. It's like, uh, you know, apparently um, I complained about him so much that that became my life. And yet I was stuck. I was absolutely stuck in a situation that I was trying to claw out of. You know, they say, if you know, if you want to get out of something, stop digging the hole. And I was trying to get out of that hole, but I, I couldn't. And I needed help and I needed advice. And I was willing to take some, you know, whatever it took. But there was no easy answer in that I was living there. We were built a business. We were friends. He was annoying. He was a great guy. He was creative. I and mean, there's a lot of stuff. But the, we can burn out the people around us who love us the most if we're not willing to take some kind of proactive. My father, in this case, said, don't call me again until you're not friends anymore. I was pretty cold, but whatever. Um, I had another friend who was stuck on stupid with with women married a woman that actually had him thrown in jail the first week that he met her and married her. And then she said, you can't be friends with Lonnie. And so he did that. And, and then he got thrown into jail three more times in the year and a half they were married. And I was just like, you never should have done that. I told you not to do it. And then he found mm -hmm. another girl. And the first time that I heard about her was because she pushed him out of the mobile home and he ended up getting arrested because he was allegedly assaulting her, but it was vice versa. I mean, this is somebody like my friend. I loved him dearly. Mm -hmm. I did, but I ended up kicking him out of my home and saying, we are done. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. You're a repeat offender. This is your pattern. This is your thing. Go get help. I'm not qualified. The no. perfect example of the repeat offender, since uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my book too, is yes. my dear sweet Romeo, the suicidal yes, yes, parakeet. Yes. Um, you know, and, and it's based off of a real parakeet we had. You know, I, I put that on the on the description of the book because, you know, I wanted people to, to both see my imagination as also realize that you know, nothing can be as imaginative as what God actually puts in the world. Um, Romeo is the most beautiful purple colored parakeet, but for whatever reason, he liked to literally drop himself on his head. You would hear a crash and he'd find him at the bottom of the cage, just kind of laying there all just, you know, days, um, you know, and, and rather than, you know, it's like, wow, that really hurt. I don't think I'll ever do that one again. He oh, yeah. did it over and over and over again, you know, and, and uh, you know, and so the book is, of course, you know, just me, you know, contemplating this, like, what was going through this poor little bird's head to, that he just wanted out so bad that he was willing to drop on his head, um, you know, but that's the ultimate version of the repeat offender is, is um, that one of the, one of the, because it's basically cartoon strips, um, you know, and one of them is, I don't even enjoy this anymore, so why do I keep doing it? Yeah. Um, if you yes. find yourself doing that in your own life, maybe you should ask, if I'm not enjoying this, why do I keep doing it? Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the only person you can affect is you. So let's move on to E. Um, what is E? I just want to go back to Romeo for a second. Oh, okay. Let's talk okay. more about Romeo. Romeo, and that particular one is in my book for a reason. And what I loved about the so first of all, you guys, like, I can't even believe this parakeet would continually drop his, himself on his head, but um, he was getting something out of it. But in this particular frame, um, four or five frames is, is a story. Um, Romeo says, I'm not even getting a rush out of this anymore. So what he, you know, I mean, you're, you're, Humor is brilliant in the sarcasm and the and the ingenuity, the creativity of what this bird must have been going through to continually drop himself on his head. Like that's just like a psychosis of some kind. Surely a bird doctor would say that, but I'm not a bird doctor. <laughs> anyway, the not getting a rush out of this anymore, then it becomes a habit. And that is the thing about being stuck on stupid is, you know, how many licks does it take to get to the thinking part of the brain? I mean, you know, at what point will you actually, like, look up from what you're doing and or what that person is doing? And that's really what this book is about, is 
recognizing <clears throat> that bird that keeps dropping himself on his head and going, wait, hang on. I don't think that that's a wise choice for me. And I want you guys to know that that's not selfish. It's essential. Being able to make good choices for yourself is essential because mm -hmm. you have a bigger mission than the one you're on right now. And if you've got cymbal clanging monkeys in the background, making a bunch of noise, you're not going to be able to get the focus that you need and the support that wants to be there for you when you're preoccupied with all this, you know, monkey stuff. Okay. Okay. So the E and aware um, for recognizing a dumbass. By the way, I love your Romeo book. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, I forgot what the E is. I got distracted by Romeo. <laughs> I know it's exit for, um, gosh, I have totally, I've totally forgot. We need to look it up in your book real quick. I need to look it up. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, in recognizing, um, recognizing a dumbass, uh, the E is because I happen to have you know, multiple copies of your book sitting here on my computer right now. Let's just see if I can find it. I can't believe really I've quick. forgotten. I'm really happy that the see, book. This is the advantage of, of the live. Leave it the wheel, weak willed, apathetic, repeat offenders, and. <laughs> I believe I've forgotten. <laughs> oh, Erratic. Man. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. We're being a little erratic ourselves here or not remembering. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, that, that E was, was a, a, a challenging one for, for me to select, honestly, Steve. Um, it's not a word that is typically used in our language. We can say uh, it was a bit erratic, but most people don't. But when I looked up the word, it made so much sense. It's inconsistency. It's it's um, un, unaccountable. It's a, it's all those uns and ins that we don't want to have in a person. Mm -hmm. It's the fickle, changeable, irresponsible, unaccountable. Those people are the main stage clowns right now. And they are, you know, tap dancing and you're going to like maybe look at their jazz hands instead of what they're really doing. They are erratic, unaccountable. And they uh, they should not have any any form of authority in your life. And uh, listening to them as as you know, we look at the world and we go, do I look OK? Does this this is, you know, those are not people that you can count on to have your back to really support you because in a minute they're going to change their mind mm. and that erratic behavior is a sign of a dumbass because they are so you know through life that they are going to hit you with that swinging cat mm. they are turd flinging monkeys they are erratic and they can be really detrimental to your path to your family to your self-esteem you know, they can really get you off your, off your, off your center. Oh, yeah. Well, and the problem with the erratic person is, is that because they have no consistency, you could ask them the same question back to back, let alone, you know, days apart from each other and get exact opposite answers, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, especially if they're integral in your life or somebody that you're paying attention to, you know, you end up pretty quickly in a place where, uh, you know, you live in the confusion that is their world. So true. Yes. And if you're looking for any signs from the outside world, who am I? Am I okay? Is this all right? You cannot count on them. They're mm. not. No, no, yeah. no. You've got to look at those inconsistencies as unreliable. And when you have unreliable, it's hard to trust that as an authority. And what I've seen in this, this is why I wrote the book, is because we are giving away our power and authority to people that don't deserve it, that are not capable of handling it, and are not the, the uh, team members you want to have when you're trying to move forward with the mission that God put in your heart. Period. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Just saying. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Romeo would say to that, um, you know, nobody really understands my, uh, you know, my birdie suicidalness, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and it's really true is nobody is ever going to know you like, you know, you, um, Maybe Romeo had a reason for dropping himself on his head. I don't know. He was a little bird. He couldn't speak English. Maybe it was really, you know, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun putting some things together with it, but the best we each can do is live the best version of ourselves today. You know, you can't change yesterday anyway. I mean, we'd love to have a time machine and go back and shake the 20 year old version of ourselves and say, don't, you know, don't even go out on a date with that person, let alone marry them, you know, but mm. you can't do that. But you can be the best you you can be today. Um, in fact, Lonnie, you have a really great phrase to help people deal with a dumbass. What is that? Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I man, if you can if, if you can respond to whatever's happening in life with some sense of amusement, at least, if not a bit of wit, um, it's going to help you so much because then you won't have taken on this heavy weight like, oh, hell no. That's That will really like tie you to a situation where if somebody does something really stupid, you could be like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Or oh, okay. There's so many ways to say it, and it, the flexibility of this phrase is fantastic. But the results of this phrase are what I'm here to testify to. I thank you for bringing that up, Steve. Um, oh, okay is honestly the the best two words that you could use, no matter what you see in front of you. It's not saying that you're okay with it. It's just like, oh, it's like that, huh? Oh, okay. It's really like, oh, okay. I keep saying it to define it. That's not cool. But if it's in front of you and it shows up, it is what it is. It is what it ain't. Your response to it is only everything and how you're going to move forward in the course of your day. It really is. Oh, okay. Makes all the difference. And do I want more of this or less of this? That's, you know. I'm making you another Romeo frame just for your book. Oh, yeah. It won't even go in. Yeah, I'm gonna have Romeo okay. look at the look at the camera. You'll have to help me remember to do this. I'll have my graphics okay. team do this. Um, I'm gonna have Romeo look at the camera and and uh, and say, "You got all the way to the end of the book. You're still not gonna change." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the perfect ending to your book. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. Okay. Is the best. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny how this came about. I'd love to tell this real quick. Yeah. Uh, we were doing, I've never done that um, paint. What do they call that? Painting with a twist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where you go like a group of you go and they guide you to either do some sort of Monet looking, you know, wash color wash, or you can separate your, your canvas into four squares four squares and there's a letter in each of the squares and they and so they teach you how to make the back of the board look like some kind of planks or whatever anyway they give you a background and then they go pick a four letter word i'm like oh you shouldn't have said, you shouldn't have said that. and so people they're like love l-o-v-e goes into the four squares right or hope h-o-p-e or god with a heart. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I put O-H-O-K. -okay. <laughs> and that's it. And then we had a big group picture out in front of painting with a twist. Everybody's got their wonderful inspirational stuff. And I'm standing up in the back with, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it became a thing on LinkedIn. Oh, Georgina, thank you for that if you're listening. Became, became a thing where it's like, oh, okay. And then what I found, guys, and it's really fun to adopt. It's really simple. And when, you know, when you say it, if somebody presents something really stupid to you and you go, oh, okay, they think you're, you're, going, <laughs> you're in agreement with them. 
<laughs> and there's no pushback. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to be leaving right now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but you haven't had to do any kind of like, you know, uh, no, it's just like, oh, okay. I see how it is. And then, then this is another highlight of that word. And, um, and that is that if you find yourself saying it a lot with a particular person, get away from that person. <laughs> it's a strong yeah. indicator that you shouldn't be near them. Uh, it really, it really is too much of a challenge. So yeah, there's that. Uh, delete the need to understand. Just move. Just go. Bye. <laughs> Next. You know, Absolutely. some will, some won't. So what? Next. <laughs> and just put the link so that if a person wants to get how to deal with the dumbass, they can get it from Amazon. It's available right now. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to have future future content around like don't date a dumbass and and then the really cheeky one is are you a dumbass take the quiz mm. you know? <laughs> because yeah, you know what it might be is it me <laughs> is it me <laughs> you know you want to know mm -hmm. because the, the the cool the really like there's a spiritual part of this that we haven't touched yet Steve and that is that when we can eliminate the noise, the symbol clanging monkeys from our world, our beingness, our vibration changes, and we can attract better things and people to us. And mm. that's really why I wrote this. I wanted the title to be catchy for mainstream, but uh, underneath it all is this lead into if you can just get rid of some of this, take out the trash, weed the garden, whatever, however you want to put it it's going to benefit you so much more. You're going to get further faster and have more fun doing it than you ever thought possible. So. Yeah. I love that. We're running really close up to our, our one hour break here, but uh, do tell us before we go, how a person, if they want to go deeper with you can get in contact with you. I'll never tell. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. How to deal with a dumbass.com. Um, that's a good place to, to land. Um, that's it's brand new. It's being built out. Have patience with me. You can always find me at LonnieRay.com as well. Thank you. And I thought this uh, was and, too. Well, we were gonna get there, but we had too much fun talking about that. LonnieRay.com. And uh, Romeo would tell you, um, uh, you know, whatever you do, do it the best you can, even if it is take a swan dive off of this stupid perch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> when you get to that point in life where you, where the guy has the gun in your face and you're praying, oh, dear Lord, please just shoot me. <laughs> You might want to take a look at life and wonder, what should I change? Lonnie, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. I really appreciate your friendship and, of course, your book. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. My face hurts from laughing. <laughs> Thank you. And congratulations on your book. Romeo is beautiful. Guys, get Romeo the Suicidal Parakeet. It's it's very, very Steve. <laughs> it's it is and it's frame by frame and it's easy to take in thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur today if you want to get your question answered send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com we look forward to you joining us again next time author who's on a mission stand out with your brand out <laughs> check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-